Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Welcome to another week. How are you? (laughs) I'm very good. How are you? What are you giggling about? I'm just giggling about lots of things. Oh, good. We want to start off by saying thank you so much to everyone who has tuned into our childcare episode that went live last week. It's been getting heaps of love. Lots of mamas out there saying it's helped, you know, bring the mum guilt down a bit and helped them see what different options are out there too. So we had a lot of fun putting that one together. So we're glad you guys have been enjoying it. It was really interesting when we did a post on what you are all doing in terms of daycare and family daycare, or if grandparents are looking after your children, there seems to be a huge mix of different carers. So it's nice to know that, you know, everyone's doing everything differently. Yeah, I guess every family has different priorities. What's your priority? Uh, Someone else looking after my kids. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Now, what were your highs and your lows of this week? Start with the highs. Okay. So it's actually, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm very excited. We have a dress up party on Saturday. It's one of my very close girlfriend's birthday. And we've been excited for about a couple of weeks because we've been trying to work out what we're going to dress up as. And when this comes out, you will probably already know because I'm sure I'll post a photo of it. But my sister-in-law and I are deciding to be Kath and Kim. And I thought- Freaking love it. Yeah. I thought, what- a fun dress up to do, be in character, have a laugh. I just love it because I'm that person for Halloween too where everyone else is dressed in basically lingerie (laughs) and I have gone as Bluey's mum classic Juno like when I was pregnant I I went as Juno and the year before that Poppy and I went as E.T. and whoever the kid on the bike is so like (laughs) I'm the furthest thing from sexy when it comes to Halloween and I can imagine at this party there's just going to be people looking bullshit hot and then you're just going to walk in with your G-banger. I'm not saying Kim's not sexy all right what are you trying to say? (laughs) She's an acquired taste but you're going to walk on in with that G-banger and you are just going to rock it. it. My low and I have to be honest again. I had a little whoopsie this week and I don't mean to come across as a mild alcoholic because I'm actually not at all, but I decided on Sunday that I would come home from a baby shower and get organized for Monday school lunches and things like that. And there was like a little bit of the gin left in the bottle. And I thought, oh, instead of measuring it, like I usually do, I'll just sort of like wing it and pour it in. The first glass there was still some left. So I was like, I'll just give the last bit a go. And it was, you know, a decent amount. Decent slug. So I ended up through the night teaching Yumi to say Harry Potter (laughs) all in one go. So that's her first two word (laughs) sentence, which is very impressive. Um, My husband was very impressed with that. And I did a lot of emailing. I was very, very, very productive. But But you just don't remember any of it. Yeah, I woke up feeling so bad about myself. And my husband was like, oh, Jade, just like things happen. Get over it. You didn't do anything wrong. And I was Mm. like, no, but I just didn't. That's not what I wanted to do. 
Anyway, we've had a whole week free of no drinking, so that's very lovely. And come Saturday, I'm sure I will have a wine or two and have a lot of dancing. So good. What about you? Well, my definite high of the week was that on the weekend, Nick and I went up to Brisbane for one of my best friend's 30th birthdays and we stayed up there for two nights and had a kid-free reconnecting, fun, dancing, hanging out with Are mates. Are you pregnant? No, I'm not. I'm not pregnant. Well, I wouldn't know yet. I've only true, been home true. a few days. Not pregnant, just practising. But, yeah, so that was so much fun. It was so good to just dance again and be silly. And I was talking to one of my other friends who's a mum and I've only really known her since becoming a mum. So I've never really got to let my hair down with her, which is such a shame I think sometimes with mum friends is that you only ever catch up when your kids are there and, you know, you're constantly getting people snacks and being interrupted. Mm. You don't even get through a sentence without you know being interrupted let alone properly deeply catching up so it was it was really nice to just we said we turned our third eye off which is you know when you're around your kids and you're constantly like (laughs) sorry I had a different visual but go on a brown eye (laughs) (laughs) turn that third eye off where you're thinking what time is it should someone be asleep should someone be having something to eat oh they're quiet they must be up to no good oh they're loud and fighting we better go help you know it was just nice just just not have that on our mind at all so that was great and I got lots of people writing asking if I was still breastfeeding because there's lots of people that want to go away with their partner or with a friend but they're breastfeeding so they don't feel like they can and you know I just pumped for comfort when I was away and that worked really well and Goldie had formula while I was gone and yeah she doesn't consistently sleep through the night but my mum was like look it's two nights of my life I'll go back to sleeping. How did she go? Yeah great I think two nights was enough she was ready to have a full night's sleep after that but she was just kind of like it's two nights you do it every single night so yeah so that was nice I want to say to people out there like if someone's offering up to look after your kids take it and have some time with your partner or with friends because it was really nice to come home on Sunday really missing the girls I think that that's healthy every now and again then my low of the week is the sleep situation in my house is just really shit And I've been going on about this for weeks. We haven't come up with any kind of solution. Poppy's in her own bed. Every time she bloody wakes up, she calls out my name. So I feel like I feel like everyone lies. They're like, oh, the newborn sleep is so fucked and it is fucked. But I feel like then you get used to getting really good sleep and then they become toddlers and it just goes downhill again. So anyway, it's fine. She goes back to sleep so quickly. It's not like she requires anything, but it's just the uninterrupted sleep again. Ever, I just thought we were out of this phase. Do you ever lie and say, mummy? coming just one moment because I'm always like yelling out going yeah 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 one second like I know it's nothing and I now do it to Yumi and she's in a cot so it could be Mm. completely different but I'll go I'll just go get daddy and so she sort of just thinks they're going oh yeah daddy's coming and then she just drifts off to sleep. Oh well I'll I'll, the thing thing is she never gets out of bed it's not the fact that she doesn't have like caged walls she stays in the bed. Just yell out from bed. Yeah I totally should look I'll keep you updated I'll let you know next week if sleep is a high or a low because it seems to just swing from one to the other with me at the moment and I'm sounding a bit like a fucking broken record but we hope you love today's episode it's with Jules Sebastian she is just a freaking darling oh, I loved is. this chat and we were saying after we recorded with Jules how calming and soothing she is everything she said was just so peaceful and yeah I just I really love her yeah I felt really good after chatting to her we just we don't even talk about anything specifically we just talk about motherhood and we got all on really well it. we're gonna 
be friends. We're going to be mates. And yeah, so we hope you all enjoy. Jules, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Now I follow you on Instagram and you are always such a a light beaming. I'm sure it's, you know, 24-7 all the time, but it's such a pleasure to speak to you. I find you truly such an inspirational mother. So thank you so much for joining us. What a lovely compliment. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Now, for those who don't know you, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family? Well, my name is Jules Sebastian. I am a mother of two boys. Hudson is eight, Archie is six. They um, are going into year three in year one. No, sorry, year four in year one. Wow. <laughs> Mum even... brain's already kicked yeah. in. School starts tomorrow and so I'm I'm just I'm getting into the gear. I've just gone and bought all their uniforms and just I a feel nightmare. You. I feel you. <laughs> um, I'm doing the same. Yep, they're off getting haircuts right now with their father. So fingers crossed they come back looking how I want them to look. So yeah, mum of two boys, married to Guy Sebastian, which is, you know, I guess people are quite interested to to know about that. So yeah, he's He's cool. We've been married for, oh gosh, I'm terrible with how long we've been married for. 2008, we got married. How long What's is that? 12 that? years. It's more than a decade. You can lose count after that. I've yeah, honestly lost count. A long time. Yeah, and dated for eight years before that. So it's, oh, re- wow. it's a really long time. Yeah, so we pretty much got together when we were, well, I was 20, he was 18, he's two years younger. So we've been together for a really long time and gone through all of the things in life, which has been an epic journey to say the least and we've experienced so much in you know in that time together the ups the downs the good the bad the pretty the ugly all of it so it's you know we're we're good we're good friends we get along great and I'm raising these two boys as best as we can and so my day job is a little convoluted I I find that what do you do question is kind of sends me into a slight panic attack Um, same here yeah, I don't know how to explain it on, on a good day. A lot of things. I started, I was a fashion stylist for about 10 years. So dressing people for red carpets and photo shoots and album shoots and all sorts of things. So working with a lot of celebrities in Australia. And then that sort of led to doing things on camera. I don't know how, but it, it just happened that way. I did a couple of TV shows, one with MTV, one with Channel 7, being the on-camera stylist. And then that's just kind of led to other things. I have my own online show called Tea with Jewels, where I sit down kind of like what we're doing now, but on camera and podcast. I have to be much more presented than I am right now. Your hair is usually dry. <laughs> it's usually dry. It's I've just I've had a morning, you know. I, I got up and I did Pilates this morning at 6am and I feel like I've lived a day already. I know. Oh, sometimes you check the clock and you're like, how is it 9.30? I know. Yes. So this past year I, I wrote a book, which also didn't see that coming. And then I do, you know, a bit of ambassadorship for a few brands. And I don't know that it's really hard to explain, but at Instagram. You're a woman <laughs> of many talents. Let's just leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. And as you were saying before, you were saying that people find it cool that you're married to Guy Sebastian, and I'm sure he's a really cool guy, but I think you're a very cool woman in your own right. So we will be talking yeah. about that. Of course, we'll be talking about motherhood. So I guess he had some part to play in yeah. you becoming a mother, you yeah. know, we'll get, at least give him that credit. But no, I think that you are a very established woman in your own right and deserve all the kudos you get as your own person as well. Oh, thank you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to motherhood? Was it an easy road? Did it take a while? 
thankfully, yes, the conception of both of the babies was an easy road for us. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for that because I know that it's not the same story for, you know, a lot of mums out there. And even in within my own family, I have three sister-in-laws and they each had a very tough journey in their pregnancies. And so being amongst that and being around that, I feel, I mean, just even more grateful when it's your family and you're so close to, you know, the loss of babies and, and the hardship of getting pregnant. Yeah, it was it was pretty smooth sailing for us. And actually, Guy and I were talking about this the other day. I was never this like maternal kind of like, I can't wait to be a mum. Like Guy said to me, I never heard you say, I can't wait to be a mum. It was something I knew that I would do eventually, like something I would love to, you know, I'd love to be a mum in my life at some point, but I didn't really have a plan of what age or the timing or how that was going to happen or what it was going to look like until we just sort of were like, this feels like the right time, the right age, the right moment. But then I was like, it's never going to be the right time because I was just sort of like got married and then we had a few years of just being us and doing our lives and we lived overseas for a bit. We came back, we went back overseas, we came back. And I was just kind of waiting for life to be less chaotic and like really calm and chill. (laughs) And then I realised that's not happening and (laughs) nothing feels calm or chill or less chaotic and I was like well there's no right time to do this you just have to jump in and figure it out and which is what we did and which is what we're still doing just jumping in and figuring it out I feel like it's like that every day just wake up and be like okay you know now we have two of these people we got to take care of just figure it out and I think that's what we're all doing right because I think I learned that pretty early on I thought my mum knew everything until I became a parent. I was like, oh, none of us know what we're doing. We are literally just making this up as we go. I think the pregnancies for me were pretty good. So I I had a bit of morning sickness in the first trimester, came out of that, and then, you know, did the whole tide thing in the last trimester. Hudson was two weeks early. Archie was two days early. Pretty straightforward labours and births. Huddy was um, suctioned out in the end because I couldn't, I was in labour for so long and I was, everyone was exhausted. And so out he came with his little cone head. And then with Archie, he was sort of an amazing kind of textbook situation where I woke up in the morning, Hudson was two at the time, went into labour. And because I'd done it before, I knew what was happening with Hudson. I was like, I don't know, is this labour? I don't know. I've never done this before. What does it feel like? I'm not really sure until I was like, oh no, I think, I think this is, I think this is it. I think I'm having a baby today. And because he was two weeks early, I just wasn't, I wasn't, because yeah. I'm such a planner and a you know, like calendar gal. And I was like, no, 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 no. Still have two weeks. I don't have the car seat. It's just a, a lot for me to do still. Not ready. And then he came. He, he was coming. Um, but uh, with Archie, ate breakfast that morning, went into labour, went into the hospital. I was like, hello there. I would like the epidural. Right <laughs> um, I would have had me. it in the car if it was available, but now I'm here. <laughs> yes. So I was like, get that good stuff into me because I know it's coming and I don't want to do that again. So had the epi. He was born by lunchtime, had my sushi for lunch. And oh, that was girl, that. you have got <laughs> it going on. And let me guess, he's been just as well behaved every day since. Seriously, he is a proper angel. He oh, is really? I was kidding. 
No, he really is. He really is truly just a joy. Oh, how good. Well, you'll have to let us know, you know, your secrets for that later. (laughs) Totally. But can I just commend you for just saying that you weren't a maternal woman before having children? Because I think that's a, a really big conversation that a lot of people feel like, oh, because I'm not maternal, I'm not going to be a good mother. So for you just to share that with our listeners is is just a, a really nice thing for them to hear because I'm sure, you know, you're not the only one out there feeling or who who did feel like that and became an incredible mother. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm an incredible mother. I'm definitely no, 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 you mother. Are. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, know, I think that is an important thing to talk about because I sort of was intimidated by other women who had this real maternal instinct and they, that, they really wanted babies and they could see themselves, you know, like, in that that position and doing their things and their life and their babies and and I was like I don't know if I am going to be good at this like I truly had a lot of doubt like the pregnancies were fine what I was fearful of was the next section where I had to actually keep this person alive Mm. Um, and I think it's true what they say your instincts just kick in and all of a sudden you just know what to do it's weird and I sort of made a point of looking to other mothers where I really liked their kids Mm. and and I thought their kids were well behaved or you know like they did the sleeping thing well or you know they're good humans now and thankfully I had friends who'd already kind of been through those stages and so they were my people that I would call up and just be like what do I do how you know how do I get through this and had a good support system of other women around me that I could call on but yeah I don't think people should feel bad for not having that maternal kind of feeling and I don't think that it really preps us any better than the person that doesn't feel maternal prior to children because you do you all give birth and then all of a sudden you actually just don't have a choice this is your job now and you have to pick up that because that child is yours and that's it and every single mother whether they feel you know like that beforehand go through the exact same thing Yes. You just don't know how you're going to be. You don't know how your child's going to be. You don't know what's going to be going on for them. You don't know how you're going to feel. You, th- you could be like the most sure, you know, secure person just thinking, I've got this. And then all your hormones shift and yeah. your baby's not sleeping and you haven't slept in 10 days straight and that affects you emotionally. And it, it is an upheaval of your entire existence and entire life. It's no joke. No, it's not. And I almost think that the person that doesn't feel maternal has lower expectations. So when they do give birth and have a child, they're not, you know, oh, I thought that I was going to be better at this. And I thought that I was going to, they didn't, they went in there going, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope I love this child yeah. at the other end of it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I remember seeing early on, I remember seeing this meme of, you know, like what you think motherhood is. And it's like, you're asleep on a white bedspread. And it's like that dreamy kind of editing of the photo, your hair's done, your makeup's on, your baby's perfectly wrapped and just silently asleep looks like an angel versus reality where you've got no clothes on everything's strewn about it's like your baby's like down the other you don't know what fluid is what or whose (laughs) yeah and 
that is the truth. I saw one yesterday and it was, of course, you judge parents in restaurants before you have kids. That's how the human race survives. Each person thinking they can do it better before finding out, no, you fucking can't. (laughs) That is great. (laughs) The truth. Like I'm never going to give my child an iPad while I'm eating my lunch. Um, Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) And I also like how you talked about the right timing because we actually get that question a lot. Oh, can you guys talk about how, you know, you thought it was the right time to, and as you say, it's an upheaval. There's no right time to go, oh, I'm just going to throw a a dynamite, a beautiful dynamite that you unconditionally love, but throw this into your world. And I think if there's righter times, but you know, there's no exact time that you're going to go, look, I'm financially where I want to be. I'm living in the house I want to live in. I've traveled like I wanted to travel. I feel the love that I thought I was going to feel for my partner when we had kids, you know, my career is at the point I wanted it to be at. If you wait for that time, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I think there's times that are maybe, you know, you can go, oh, maybe in six months things will be a bit more ready. But I don't think you can ever be 100% ready for that. I think it's circumstantial as well because you've got, you know, some people as teenagers, they go through times I had a girlfriend that had, you know, she was just party, party, party and she fell pregnant and she was like, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. And it was the best thing that ever happened to her. And you know what, if she had have waited until she had all her shit together, then I don't know, her life wouldn't have gone down the path that she has now. And everything happens for a reason, I really believe. I agree. I think you're right. It's not, There's no right time, but there's right times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can definitely kind of, you know, if you're doing it in the way that you sort of, you know, are planning for, there are lots of babies that are unplanned and well-loved and mm-hmm. well brought up, of course. But if, yeah, if you're sort of trying to aim for, okay, if I've got the house or if I've got the, the bank, you can, you can aim for that and I respect that absolutely. But if it happens, it happens and it's yeah. on. Now talk us through the newborn days how was it the newborn days they were a blur an absolute (laughs) blur I try and recall it sometimes and I think I don't remember (laughs) especially with Archie who's number two because I had a two-year-old and a newborn and that phase of my life probably six months 12 months was just an absolute slaughter guy was he was traveling a lot and busy Mm. and out. So I was alone a lot with my kids and we don't have any family here in Sydney. We're from Adelaide. And so both of our sides of the families are in Adelaide. So I really was kind of a solo act with, with the newborn stage, which was really hard. It was really hard. And Did you have any support physically that like, you know, friends or anyone that could come over and give you a hand or drop things off or? I did, yeah. My mum, obviously, she she came when she could and she mm. would stay and she's the sort of mum that does the thing before you know it needs to be done. Yeah, that's my mum. Yeah, and then you've got a plate of food and you're like, oh, this is just what I needed. <laughs> and the, you know, the bed sheets are clean and everything. Yeah, oh, she's the best like that. So when she she was there I was like so relieved and just like that that extra pair of hands just helping you out and I think the extra pair of hands for me I was like I actually want to be with the boys and I want to be with the kids I don't want to be doing all of the housework and trying to wrangle all of that so it wasn't so much I needed help with the kids it was just Mm. like 
all of the exterior things that you still need to get done. And I think people think, you know, when you're, you know, married to a celebrity or whatever, you've got all of that that sort of and you've got a housekeeper and you've got... I was going to say that. Did people have that expectation of you that it's like, oh, you don't know what it's actually like to parent two kids. You probably have all the help in the world and here you are on your own you know and to like I'm sure that we could figure it out to get that help but but I actually didn't want to Mm. as hard as it was and as much of a struggle and how exhausted I was I I wanted to do it I wanted to feel what it was like the full brunt of being a mum and and all of what that was going to be we did because I too stupidly in hindsight it was like the universe was like oh, you've had a baby, okay, you're going to do a TV show now and it's going to be something. How timely. <laughs> and, you know, because five weeks after I had Hudson was when MTV got in touch with me about doing this show and the production company got in touch with me. I'd worked with them on something else and they were like, oh, can you style this show? It's new to MTV, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've just had a baby, you know, so no and they were like oh no we want you to be the on-camera stylist so not styling the show but you're the stylist on the show and I was like why (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute what because I'd never been on tv before I was like that's guy's thing he's in front of the camera I make the people on in front of the camera look beautiful (laughs) I can do that I don't want to be in front of the camera but when someone presents you something like that I was like oh, okay, well, if they think that I can do that, they believe in me enough to offer me that and to, you know, that they think I can do it. Maybe I can do it. I don't know. I've never done before. So I was in a real, like, first time everything. So first time mum, which is a whole world and you're figuring everything out and breastfeeding and that wasn't going well and mum was coming and going and just people at the house all the time visiting the baby and, you know, just it was like an onslaught of first time stuff there. And then eventually when I decided to take the job, which was so excellent and so fun, Hudson and my mum ended up coming on the road because, of course, we had to like go on planes and film all around Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just driving down the street to go on set to come home. It was like, oh, we're going on a plane. What do I need for this child for the next three days, you know, to to do this? And we sort of had him on, on and off set and mum was there. And looking back, I was like, what? He would have been like eight weeks old at the time or something. And I was just like, that, that when I say it was a blur, it was a blur. Like it just was like, I'm standing there first time on a camera as well, just going, okay, so when I leave here, I'm doing all the hard things with the baby and then I'm coming. Nothing was easy. I was like, why isn't anything easy right now? Or familiar, like everything was just new, new, new. And not for you, but it's funny because the child, the newborn can go wherever you go and can do whatever. Like we always worry about, oh, well, you don't have the cuddle. You, you know, we're going to go here or can we travel? As long as they are with you, you can do whatever you want. It's more of a focus on how you're going because they're fine. And especially the, I think it's great that your mum came along with you because there was always someone that, you know, he knew there was comfort there and confidence for yourself. that You could go on and go, oh no, he's okay for now because because mum's got him and then you'd come back off and be like, ah. Yes, all of those things. And she killed it. Like she would just stay at the hotel, you know, like with the so baby. So good. 
come and visit us. And it was long days. It was like, you know, some days were like 16 hour days. You'd get up and you'd go and you'd be like traveling all over the place. And look, it's my own fault. Like I'm not, you know, I could have easily have said no to that opportunity, but I'm very glad that I did it because then that led to the next thing, which led to the next thing. And and I truly don't think that my life would have been where it is now if I had said no to that. Did you breastfeed or did you have to bottle mix feed? How did it work when you were? Yeah, so with Hudson, I breastfed for about six weeks Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't have enough supply. Like I tried and I tried and I tried. I put myself through the ringer of guilt, of course. You know, everyone tells you that breast mm-hmm. is best. And I was, I was, I really gave it a red hot go and I was pumping and I was just getting like two yeah. meals of milk out of my boobs. And it was, everything was sore. Everything was hard. Everything, like the poor thing wasn't putting on weight. He was mm. hungry, wasn't sleeping. Like that full cycle of, you know, getting them the good stuff of the milk, it just wasn't working. And I, and I, kind of gotten to the end of my tether and I rang one of my friends who was who she's a bit older and she had three kids already and she'd kind of done it and I was like I don't know what to do I was crying I was like I'm trying my best but I don't think he's getting enough milk and she said Jules hang the phone up get in your car and go to the chemist and Mm. formula and do it right this second and I was like but it's not the best thing for he she's like your baby needs to eat go and get him some formula what a friend yeah. And she said it that firmly. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to argue. And so I did that. And I, I gave him formula and he drank it and he slept. And I was like, mm. okay, this is what it's actually supposed to be like. And poor mama, all you wanted was someone giving you the confidence to go, I'm not going to feel guilty to feed my child another way. And as soon as you did, look at him flourished. And you would have felt a million times better knowing he was fed and then your boobs would have felt better. Yeah. And I always think like when you meet someone for the first time, like, hi, were you breastfed or were you formula fed? <laughs> like who cares at this point of life? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not But not even work. this time of life, like, you know, go to a childcare centre and like, you know, a, a three-year-old and you don't even know, let alone now. It's just the mm. whole thing, like the way that women are pressured to breastfeed or guilted you know, if they have to use formula or choose to use formula, it's just, it's utterly ridiculous. And I can't believe that people who don't even know women have so much opinion on the way that they feed their own child. It's honestly disgusting. Yeah, it is. And that the mum guilt, we already feel that enough mm. in our own bodies. And my theory on parenthood in general is just do what works for you and your family the end like whatever works for you at that time at that moment whatever stage of life you're in however you can get through your day and survive it do that it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing it's like you can learn and you can take on what other people might offer but I just think if I'm going to ask for advice then I'll take that on board but I don't want advice thrown at me willy-nilly when I'm not asking for it no and because you're going to ask people advice with who you align yourself with like I guess before I had children you know people all the time want to tell you oh don't have kids like you'll never be able to do anything and you know and then I would look at those people and I was like okay well that's that's fair that you feel that way but I also 
don't really see myself parenting how you parent and that's absolutely fine. So I'm going to speak to people who I feel like I see myself parenting like them. And yeah, I think if you're ever going to like, you know, parent just to appease other people, you're never going to get it right because, you know, if you're not breastfeeding, it's not right. But then if you're still breastfeeding at 12 months, oh my God, that's old to be breastfeeding. That kid's basically ready for school. Does it walk up to you and ask to be breastfed? And, you know, if it just, it's, it's never going to be right. I think in that headspace as well, when you are struggling with, you know, mum guilt, it's quite important. I know social media is such a massive part of our lives, but it is very important to perhaps mute or unfollow those people that aren't making you feel comfortable with the way you are in terms of, you know, the the facade or the the beautiful fluffy things. And, you know, you might come back to that in six months and go, oh, I absolutely love following this person for what they're sharing. But in that time, it can be quite detrimental to your health because mm-hmm. subconsciously you're thinking, oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I should be doing that. So it's just a nice thing to start following people that are feeling very similar to you. They're also experiencing things like this. You know, they're talking about, you know, struggling with breastfeeding, having confidence, having that conversation. And it's just a nice way to get through that time in your life if you are, you know, having a, a big dose of mum guilt. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And and with anything, not just, you know, motherhood, it's, it's everything. You know, you follow people on Instagram, if they've got a more beautiful house than you, you feel a certain way. If they've got more expensive clothes than you, you feel a certain way. It's, I agree with you. Follow people who influence you in a way that encourages you to be your best mm. self and not feel bad about yourself. Are you mindful of that, probably knowing that you have a lot of mothers that follow you? Like how do you kind of weigh up being inspirational and, you know, wanting to shed positive light but still being like real and authentic and that kind of thing at the same time? Do you find that juggle difficult? I don't find it difficult because I truly am not being anything that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel like I need to put on a certain persona or thing or talk about something that it's not that for me because I just am who I am and I've just always just gone with that, like just be yourself and people that like that will come on board and join in the fun. People that don't won't and that's fine. And so, you know, people do often say that to me, you're so authentic, you're so relatable And, and I take that as the biggest compliment because I am just like everyone else. Like I know that I have this part of my life that seems extraordinary in a way and I get to do and experience things that, you know, some people don't get to do, like the fluffy fun stuff that comes along with being married to a musician and, you know, having this life. And I understand that that's like really fun for people to get an insight to that and what you're up to when you're sitting in the makeup chair or you get to wear beautiful clothes or get to go to something that's really fun. But I also feel the same way. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I get to wear this? (laughs) Like I get to meet that person. Like I'm still shocked myself and I'm st- I still have a really fun time and I, I'm never going around going, yeah, well, of course I should be invited to this. Like it's not, that's not my attitude. I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm I think going that's there. the beauty of 
of why people follow you because you are such a humble human being and then you get to see a little bit of like the sparkly life but then you also bring it back to you know reality of oh it's just a normal person doing normal things but having a bit of fancy in between how fabulous I think the minute you have to think about something too much like on social media or putting anything out there is when you have to go oh well is this actually true to myself because I'm really having to overthink this yeah is it on brand you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I don't I truly don't think about it like whatever I'm wearing like I honestly go to big W and buy a jumper or if I'm in Kmart or Kmart as I like to call it Kmart I will 100% like I am in the party section with all the other mums buying the hideous party primary colour balloons and oh, Hulk fuck, they're whatever. so hideous aren't they but we just have to do it <laughs> I know, but I know that my kids love that and it's fast and furious, you're in and out. It doesn't cost that much. But, and I'll just grab a T-shirt on the way out. Like I, I'm just like, and that's truly, I'm not trying to be relatable. That's just how I am and the end. Like, that's I'm not, mum it, life, it's isn't it? It's so weird that they don't like the beige or muted gold balloons. It's so weird. <laughs> We had this interview that's coming out next month and we did a, it's a TV interview and I was dressing the girls because I'm like, oh, well, you've got to at least look half decent. You don't want to look bogan on TV. (laughs) And anyway, my middle child had a meltdown and it wasn't because I was telling her to wear beige. It was because she wanted to wear the three-day-old dirty rainbow cut off t-shirt had to wear it with like I don't know what shorts where she got them from with pink crocs (laughs) now that's what we had to work with meltdowns were happening and I just looked at my husband and I just said you know what babe that is her let's go and we did and she she just felt it it was her own vibe and she was like yep I'm fabulous I mean in 20 years she'll probably look back and go why didn't you tell me to wear something different but (laughs) go girl talk us through what it was like you know I think it would be difficult even if you had had experience with being on tv beforehand but what was it like being on tv for the first time in such a vulnerable time of your life I guess physically too I mean postpartum you go through so many changes was that confronting yes it really was I feel like that's a two-pronged answer for me first of all because I'd been on so many sets already um due to my job and due to you know going to watch guy do his thing as well I felt comfortable on set. I actually love being on set in any capacity. It's really, I love the behind the scenes of stuff and watching how, you know, the photographer does this or how they light it or what jobs people have. I I find that really interesting and always have. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to go into styling because I felt like it was a really exciting time to be a part of a team and to make something beautiful and be creative and all of that. So I felt comfortable on a set it took me a minute to realise I was the one that had to deliver the thing on the camera. But second part of that question, exactly what I was saying before, I had to actually audition for that MTV role and I went into their um, MTV headquarters and I was like, what am I doing here? And then I had to go in, into the audition room and it was like a cameraman and the producer. And was this the first time you've done something like really like this? Yeah. You have to look into a box, don't you, and read? It, it was like a legit camera. And I said, 
I don't know what I'm doing. I just was so upfront with them. I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know how to audition. I don't know what that means. And he was like, okay, I want you to restyle the cameraman. Just tell me what you do. Tell me what you change. And then I just did you change? I mean, everything. I changed everything. (laughs) He's like, ouch. Get out. (laughs) But I think that's when I realized I'm just doing my job on camera. I said to them, the only thing I know how to do is be myself. I'm not an actor. I don't know how to do that. I can just be myself. And if that works for you guys, fantastic. And if it doesn't, I get it. That's fine. So they were like, yep, just do that. And so I just launched into what I would normally do on a normal job, probably a little more brutal than than I would be to a real person. But poor camera guy. Yeah, but that I just went with that exactly what I was saying before. I wasn't trying to be something or be somebody because I was like, who else is auditioning for this? You know, of course, comparing myself to everyone. And they're like, oh, we've got a few models and we've got, and I was like, okay, great, fantastic. Well, I'm definitely not going to get this job because I'm not a model or an actor or an anything. And so I, when I walked away from it, I was like, no, that was fun. At least I got to dress up and put a bit of makeup on. I haven't done that, in, you know, since I had a baby and just really just thought there's no way. And then they called me back and the answer was they just loved how yourself you were and that, that's what they wanted. And, and so I think I caught on to that very early on. Well, it's first of all, it's the only thing I know how to do. So tick, it seemed to work. So I was like, well, just go with that. And that's just really what, I've done and I and I've seen Guy do that as well and so he's been a great example to me to watch him kind of navigate his way through his life and career and of course he's evolved and he's matured and he's you know gotten older and learnt a lot of things going through the industry but he has always been himself and I think that's why Australia really fell in love with him from the beginning because he was just like this little adorable you know innocent 21 year old kid who's just like I don't know I just I'm good at singing I'm just (laughs) he's fabulous isn't he yeah and I and he's just really just been that the whole time and so it's refreshing to see people like that and I find a lot of Australians tend to be quite humble and down to earth and I don't know that's why a lot of people internationally like to to listen and they can relax well they like that because and I guess there's if, no yeah and if you're being true to yourself and you make mistakes along the way or you know get picked on for certain things at least it's you there's nothing worse than when you do something that you know doesn't feel right and then you know it's hurt someone or whatever and then you go oh yeah that wasn't me yeah <laughs> was my- and they're like well you said it yeah exactly right now what pearls of advice do you give to your friends that are, are having kids I think what I said before, do what's right for you. Don't do what's right for everyone else. Whatever is right for you is what's right for your baby and your family. And I think I've got a friend who's like thinking about having a baby right now, but that whole, the whole timing thing, just do it. Just do it. If you you know you want a baby. You're asking the question, you already know yeah. that you want it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, And that's what I didn't say before is that I knew I wanted to have a baby. So it's like, well, you may as well just go ahead and do it. Just give it a red hot go. Because you, you don't know the process and the journey ahead of you either. That's the other thing. You don't know how long that's going to take. It could happen straight away. It could be, you, you just, you don't know. And so you may as well just get the ball rolling. I had my first baby in February and then my second baby in January. And I remember when I was heavily pregnant over summer again, a couple of people said to me, oh, didn't you learn from the first time? Like, didn't you plan it out so you wouldn't be heavily pregnant in summer again? And I was like, who can dictate 
the season that their child is born in. Like I was like, Poppy took six months to conceive. So even if I'd tried to birth her in the middle of winter, she was coming out <laughs> in summer. And then Goldie was straight away. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I think that there's certain things you can plan, but maybe the date of delivery or yeah, the weather outside is not one of them. Yes. And I kind of love that about pregnancy and labour I, I kind of love that that's an unknown. There are so yeah. many knowns in our lives and there's so many, you know, we can plan so well in our lives for things. But I absolutely loved not knowing what was going to happen and when these boys were going to come out. I had to know that they were boys. I had to know the sex that mm-hmm. I had to, you know, plan for and buy the things. But that whole sort of mystery around when are they coming? How are they coming? I I loved it. I love that I didn't have a plan and it was just going to happen how it was going to happen. And being in the industry that you're in and being into fashion without gender stereotyping, because nowadays guys can be into fashion as much as they want to, but was there any disappointment at all about having two boys? Like, were you hoping to have a girl that you could pass down, you know, your favorite clothes to, or was it just not an issue for you? I weirdly knew I was going to have boys I don't know why, like, you know, it didn't come, it wasn't written in the sky or come to me in my sleep or anything. I just. So did I, but I had three girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could have got it wrong for sure. (laughs) I just had this weird feeling that I was going to have boys. Guy is one of four boys. I have two brothers. Okay. And boys is kind of all I've really ever known. I don't have a sister. So I was just like, I kind of know boys. And I was a tomboy growing up. So I was like, I've got this. And I think it really suits me now that the boys are a bit older because I have ants in my pants. I'm just action mama. I I love to get out and about and outside and really active with the boys. And we're always up to something and, and they have energy to match. And so... I don't want to play with dolls. I never had dolls when I was growing up. I never had a Barbie. I had a Cabbage Patch doll and it was the bald one. Did you buy it bald or did you shave its head in a Britney moment? My kids have done that with theirs. Yeah, I just wasn't interested in anything. Like I didn't want to brush its hair. or <laughs> It's weird how where my life went. I just, I was like, I want a BMX with pegs. You remember pegs? Oh, like, yeah. Dinky your what is it dinking? Dinking your mates to the general store. Yeah. I had a BMX that was pink and I was a mad tomboy as well and I got my dad to spray paint it navy blue and I thought I was the coolest chick out. Mum was black. So I feel like I can be a good boy, Mum. I think you're doing a great job too. And we don't want to assume anyone's done having a family, but I'm just making the assumption because your boys are eight and six, but tell me if I'm wrong. Good assumption. Good, Good assumption. How, did you have that feeling after two that you were like, shop's shut, I'm done? Yes, I did. And there are some days where I get that like, oh, that would be so sweet, you know, having a baby. But then we just actually spent Christmas in Adelaide with all of our families, like just an onslaught of humanity. That's contraception, um, isn't it? Guy's youngest brother had a five-week-old when we when we arrived and his other brother has a, she's, she'll be one in March, so 10 months. And I was like, oh, nah, no, I'm not. I love I, you. I want to re- hand it back. That's it. <laughs> I remember these days. I've been there. I've done. I've done my hard yards. I'm good. I'm. In, I'm. I'm in a good place now. I don't want to. Well, go. anytime you get that feeling again, just book a flight to South Australia, and then you go. This is cheaper and a lot easier. I'm going to get this out of my system. Remind myself, and now I'm heading back to my boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. I'm. I am done. I'm. I'm good. 
And how was the transition or how did you find the transition from one child to two? Because this is such a big conversation and a lot of people love hearing people's opinions and their journeys through one to two because they're always different. Yes, true. I think because I had a two-year-old and a newborn, I was doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was part of the reason for that decision. Guy was like, let's have another baby. I was like, okay. I really had to wrap my head around pumping one out, you know, straight away. And I was like, well, I am in the muddy waters anyway. I'm in nappy land. I'm in no sleep land. I'm in baby zone anyway. So it sort of all went into one basket and it was over with. So it got Mm. that stage. Everyone got out of nappies and everyone was walking and everyone got independent. And I just remember the day when everyone got in the car on their own and did their belts. I threw myself a party in the front seat. I was like, bet you did. That just happened. Like, did get in the car. Okay. Wow. Walked in and strapped themselves in and I didn't have a giant bag. bag. It had shaves that. like half an hour off the morning, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a good 20 minutes getting everyone in the car and packing the bag and all that. Fighting now I can just leave the house with like drink bottles at a bare minimum, few <sighs> snacks and that's it. This is like foreplay for me. Yeah, you're teasing her. I'm still in that thick. <laughs> oh, it, it is thick and hard. And you will get through it. Because I have three kids and one is, she's nearly two, the youngest, and I'm already there. Like, I'm like, everyone get in your seats. Everyone do this. I don't even bring snacks. I don't bring, you're lucky if I bring a nappy. Like, it's, I'm so minimal now because I'm like, we just don't need it. We're totally well, I guess I'm over you, it. You got to the stage where they were like, what, five and six? They and were then out. went back in. So you got into that territory and then dipped your toes back in. So Yumi's just been forced to be like yeah. a and, child from the start. And I think that you're right. I think that when you have that break and you go back, it is a lot harder because you are older. I think my patience is less. Mm -hmm. And I am more shocked and just like not as resilient as I was when I had just that big because my two are 16 months apart. Yeah, 16 months apart, the older two. And it was, it was a whirlwind of a time and it was fabulous. But you get it done, rip the Band-Aid off. But then I went back for more and anyway, they're all wonderful. Well done you. And and on that thing of like not bringing snacks and nappies and stuff, I always think, okay, I'll be in the vicinity of a shop that I can buy something or there's another mum wherever I'm going and surely someone's got a wet wipe or something, like a packet of chips. (laughs) But also they're not hungry. This is the thing I get. Why do we pack all this crap in our bag when they've just had a four-course breakfast? (laughs) Then we get in the car and I'm like, oh, in 20 minutes they're going to ask that they're hungry. Now I turn around and say, you're not hungry. I haven't even eaten yet. You're not hungry. I do it out of mum guilt though because I'm I'm shocking. I'm that like mum that rocks up places with nothing but my toddler could eat a horse. But I'll have fed her like a full breakfast and if we go somewhere just us, she's fine. If she sees another child with any piece of food, like then I feel bad because she will just demolish that entire child's lunch, breakfast, whatever it is. Mm. So I have to. I have to take snacks because otherwise people look at me like, oh, do you ever feed your children? And I'm like, yes, there's a full buffet at home. (laughs) And those mums that just are really on it, like they've pre-cut the orange 
oranges and the watermelon and the grapes and that. And I'm like, oh, it's a packet of pretzels or it's nothing. Like, I yeah. don't know. I'm going to have time for the And they're fine. They're, they're so fine. You know what? Sometimes they're your inspo, then they're sometimes your unfollow because yeah. you're like, fuck, I can't do this. I need a break. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. <laughs> what would you say are the hardest parts of parenting for you and the most rewarding parts of parenting for you? Oh, the hardest parts, I think probably just getting everyone to do what I want them to do is pretty hard. <laughs> I'm just like, why can't you just do it how I want you to do it in the time frame I want you to do it in? Why do I have to say it four billion times and then wait and then everyone's so slow at everything, you know? <laughs> I feel like you're talking about your three dependents right now, yes. not just the two. There's a whole household. A lot of slowness in my household that is hard. And, I mean, God bless Guy. He, he's such a muso. Like, no offence to any musicians that are listening, but it, they're a different breed. They really are. They're nocturnal. They beat to their own drum. Literally, yes. And it's just like they get distracted very easily. So we could be running late for, you know, whatever, and next minute <laughs> on the piano, he found some inspo on a song, chord progression that he's really like loving, just like that. And you're like, now I can't step in and I don't want to ruin, you know, a song that might be coming out because then just ruin everyone's lives. I guess I'll just wait in the car. I don't know. <laughs> So, yes, I think that's a struggle for me because I'm a bit of a control freak. And then I think if, you know, we were talking about, you know, packing the fruit versus packing the whatever pa packet of chips, I think getting the he the healthy food because I, I always think, okay, if I can see them eating their fruit and their veggies and, you know, drinking their water and, you know, we're big on our vitamins in the morning. So the breakfast routine is breakfast and then we have our Kids Smart Vita gummies after breakfast in the morning and then packing their lunch or if I'm with them, we've just been school holidays. So at least if I see them having their health, then I mm. feel like I can relax a little bit more towards the end of the day, maybe a bit of dessert after dinner or, you know, an ice cream when we're out or whatever. But I think for me, it's, it's high my priority list that we set a good example for their health and their wellness and they're very active as I said before they play a lot of sport and they're always outside and running and swimming and beach and you know just all the rest of it so I think that is very top priority for me I just want to know that I'm giving them the best opportunity to eat good food, take the vitamins and be active and run and get their energy out of their body. And that it does come quite naturally to me because like I said before, I've got ants in my pants and I, and we are very active as humans too. We have kind of big, busy lives, but that's always top of mind for me is like, do what I want you to do when you want to do it and make sure that you're, you're feeling good in your body. So those, those would be my like kind of not challenges, but top of mind worries and just okay, yeah. get that done. I feel like it's the same in our house where it's like we get outside all morning, run yourself ragged. Then if in the afternoon, like, you know, you need to watch a bit of TV or, you know, play a little bit of a game, it's fine. And I'm the same. I'm like, let's get you a great breakfast. Let's get you outside. And then the day can go to shit after that. I don't <laughs> care. I've done my best. <laughs> I, I try and pour as much of health into a smoothie in the morning. Like I yeah. find spinach. I find so I like, I just test myself. I'm like, they won't even know. And I do, I pour all this stuff in there. And I'm like, mom, this is the 
best ever. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could literally have crap all day because you've had that. Like I how like cl- a wonderful superhero. How mother. close to grass can I get this smoothie before you'll say no? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's so true. And you do feel like, oh, I've ticked that box. Like, I'm a hero. Killing it today. Yeah. But those are my, I, I can't remember the question. What uh, and then the most rewarding. Oh, the most rewarding. How do you even narrow that down the most rewarding this week (laughs) yeah the most rewarding this week one of the girls I work with she because we're on holidays and she has a two-year-old about to turn three this little angel girl she's adorable but we both had our kids and we had a full day of work to get done at the house and so she brought her kid and the nanny her nanny and the nanny was the three kids while we worked. And I was like, this is ingenious. This is a brilliant plan. You're coming over every day. (laughs) Amazing. So they did that and they were swimming in the pool outside and she was with them and I was sort of watching and Hudson, my eight-year-old, he's really beautiful. Oh, here he is actually. Oh, sure. You were not about to say but. No, no, I wasn't. I was about to say. Oh, hello. Say hi. This is Huddy. How are you going? We were just talking about you. I was just going to tell them how excellent you were with Mia in the pool, remember in the swimming pool when he was helping her put her little life jacket on and he came in and got her water bottle and was really like kind to her and being so helpful and so sweet and he's excellent with the little ones and he loves animals, he's really gentle and he's fantastic. And the entire family is here. Here we go. Hello, Hello everyone. Everyone's in here. We're just talking about kindness that you don't have to bribe for being one of the most rewarding parts of parenting. Yeah, we're just talking oh, about it's good when it comes rewarding. off the cuff. Yes, yeah. and then we pretend that it all came from the parents. Exactly. No, they're actual kind hearts. No. <laughs> yeah, I just, those are the moments that I just, I live for. And I just think, oh, okay, everything we've drummed into about thinking about others and being kind and treating others with respect. I mean, that's, we bang on about that so much. And we're so big on that because I think that will serve them so well in their lives always because it has served us well in our lives. Totally. I'm just impressed right now that people aren't screaming in the background and they're all quite quiet even the dog i know i'm i'm shocked yeah i'm just going with it (laughs) don't mention the war you got this household down pat don't you last question and then we'll let you get back to school holidays um i just thought that being a stylist and a lot of women after they have babies they kind of don't feel like they're in their own body anymore and it takes some time to get used to do you have any top tips for them to you know, how to dress to feel themselves again uh, during such a time of change? Yeah, that's a big one for, for women. And I've experienced that myself too. And also getting older, your body changes a lot. I'm 41 now and everything people say about turning 30 is real and everything people say about turning 40 is real. Like your body just does things it's never done before. Do you mean like gravity? Gravity and <laughs> gravity. <laughs> Um, you've got to work harder to be what you once were. And I don't know if you ever go back to being what you once were. Once you, you know, age and have babies, your body changes shape. And I would say number one, of course, acknowledging what your body has just done, that your body has just produced a human being inside of it and you've given birth to that. And so you're going to need some time for your body to be like, oh, okay, I've done that and that's a miracle 
and a beautiful, amazing thing that you've done. So first of all, acknowledge the miracle that has just occurred. And then don't be so hard on yourself. Like we are not all Insta fitness gals just like finding the time to do the fitness things. It's just not real when when you've had a baby. Sometimes it's not real when you haven't had a baby. You just don't want to. You can't be bothered or you just, you know, you're just like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. All of those things. So I'd say take the pressure off yourself in terms of like getting back to your, you know, previous before baby body. I just, I don't think it's something we need to put pressure on ourselves for because we have enough going on. We're raising babies where some of us are working as well, where there's a lot to get done. And in terms of fitness, I would say do what you can, even if it's walking. Like I was talking to my friend yesterday and she said she's got two young kids and she said, I used to walk from the back porch to the trampoline and back. And I figured out that if I did that 20 times, that was a yeah, girl. Was she handing it, folding out the washing? Yeah, she was like, you know, <laughs> multitasker. Like, baby in the, in the baby strap. And she it's like, she's like, it's a kilometre if I walk 20 laps of that. How and, good. And that's she's she like did. a tiger where they like get that, um, <laughs> like the grass, isn't that it? That stretch. area of their cage. Yes. <laughs> but whatever it takes. And if you don't that day, doesn't matter. Tomorrow's a new day. Don't just don't feel guilty or bad about it. And then in terms of wardrobe, I would say if it's not serving you anymore and it's and if it's not making you feel fabulous, get rid of it. Don't even hang on to that pair of jeans and go, I'm gonna get back to this size. Get rid of it. Take the pressure off. Like Marie Kondo, your life. Mm-hmm. And if it's not sparking joy, don't put the pressure on yourself to think, oh, I used to fit into those jeans. I have to do that again. Just buy a different size buy the size that you are and wear the jeans and get on with your life. And they'll probably look a whole lot better too. And also I learned that seven years later they still don't fit and the fashions change, so piff them. <laughs> and oxygen is really important because you, when you can breathe in your clothes, it is good for your life. Own that food, own that booty. Absolutely. And while guys just commenting in the background, I have one last question. How do you both prioritize time for yourself? Like you both have such busy lives independently, then together, then family life. How do you guys make time for you? As in for each other? (laughs) For each other. With each other, yeah. We just wait till it gets really bad and then we fix it. (laughs) Spoken like a true normal person. Instead of of being one of those people that do like date nights every week at a certain time, we're just not scheduled people where our lives are. I love you guys because that was literally my husband and I last week. We were like, all right, something has to change. This is not. That's the honest answer. Yeah, and I think our schedules never really align and once school kicks in, that's a pretty like hectic schedule in terms of mm. the kids and me running everyone around so it, it can be like a random Tuesday morning and I've dropped the kids off and guy just happens to be at home and I'm like okay do you want to go for breakfast or take the dog for a walk spontaneity I like it yeah I just we are pretty bad at the planning on that like sometimes yeah we'll be like oh there's you know should we try this restaurant? But then it's like the, you've got to get a babysitter and then you've mm. got to do all that, you know, and you're tired. And it's, but it's still fun. Like, of course, of course. But um, we're like couch at the end of the night. And well, that's a huge, great place to go. The couch. Yeah. What's happening on the couch? There's, there's um, a lot of cricket that's been on. Um, I can't. It's a big bash. And it yeah, is. Yeah, you guys need to, seriously, I, that cricket. 
He's gone to the cricket, he's watched the cricket, and he's replayed the cricket. I'm like, mate, this is super boring, but no, I know you guys love it. And it's uh, when does it end? Like it doesn't. It, on for, what's like, happening? What is happening? Ash is almost over. Because I need finals. Over. I was told yesterday, yeah. so it's going to be done soon. Oh, I'm and so happy. And you know for what? You. I'm sure there'll be something else. Something sport related will come on out. You'll be like, oh, it's footy season. <laughs> Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us this morning, especially during school holidays. I can imagine you're quite stretched and not at all looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'll miss them deeply. Of course. <laughs> so thank you so much for being so open and honest and for everything that you do. And thanks for speaking to us. Hey, so bye from us. See you later, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.